Police responded to a 911 call. Dramatic video of gun insanity in the Bronx. Police releasing a new video of a person that they are still trying to track down. Defund the police is not the answer. Many people surveyed said they just don't feel safe in the city. It's a shooting outside of a store. This is Bo Deedles. True crime. Police this morning are searching for the person who turned this Harlem platform to a crime scene. A Red Apple Media Podcast Network production. Now, here's Bo Deedle. Welcome to One Tough True Crime Story. Boy, this is starting to get interesting, and thank you everybody for listening. I hear our podcast is really taking off between 30 and 40,000 people are downloading it. And I got my partner, like always here, I'm starting to like this with my partner, Mike, because between both of us, I guess we have to have at least 100 years of experience, Mike. What do yeah, you think? Yeah, 50 piece. Michael Cervola, my former partner and former detective lieutenant, some of the big cases in New York. So today we're going to talk about an interesting case. There was a movie back in 1988 called Fatal Attraction. And who was in it as that guy? Douglas Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas and Glenn Close, I think, right? Yes. And it was about this woman who was having an affair with a married guy. And then all of a sudden, she loved him so much, she ended up whacking, whacking the wife, right? Well, I think she tried. She killed their cat anyway. Yeah, well, it was, <laughs> basically, that was the fatal attraction thing. Right. So then all of a sudden, the film was 1987. Right. So then all of a sudden, what happens in 1989, this is the famous Carolyn Warmus case. We have a little inside information on this thing because I did a story on this for the Discovery Network that sent it on this case. So Carol Warmus was born in 64. She was a former elementary school teacher. And she came from a wealthy family, Michael. Yes, she did. And she then was eventually arrested and convicted. There was two trials. There was a mistrial there once. And this thing's been made into TV movies, regular movies and all that. She was born in Troy, Michigan, very highfalutin, wealthy family, and she was a teacher in the Scarsdale School. So let's talk about the crime, the crime itself. On January 15th, all of a sudden, there was a telephone call to 911, and someone sounded in distress. The phone was shut off completely there, and they alerted the police. And then the police showed up there, and this is in Greenberg, I think, Michael. That's Greenberg, up near just north of, north of the Bronx. Yeah, so basically what happens is she was pistol-whipped in the head, shot nine times, Mike, in her back and her legs, and then all of a sudden they initially focused on her husband. What was his name? Solomon? Solomon, yep. Solomon. And he had a, a an alibi. It was just funny. The detective, Mike, when I did the discovery investigation on this thing, I actually had the detective with me where we went up to this place, this in Yonkers, the Holiday Inn. The Holiday Inn, You know yeah. where that is? Yeah. I'm sure you frequented that place, <laughs> did you, Mike? Come on, Mike. No, I've never, uh, uh, never, I've frequented never spent the night. Okay, you got cheap rooms. They had short stays, Mike, for you. <laughs> the four-hour short stay, $60, come in, come out. Come on, Mike. All right, so there was, he talked about he had a, an alibi. He spent the evening, he actually admitted to spending the evening in Yonkers at the treetop lounge for drinks. And then all of a sudden they said they left the lounge. And then they said, what did they say? They didn't even go get a room, the cheap bastard. Oh, they had sex in the car. They had sex in the car. This is what he said. This is his alibi. So he was really innocent, but yet 
to me, he would have been a prime suspect, and you two, until we eliminate him, right? Well, what had happened in actuality is he did go bowling with some friends. Yeah. And after his bowling games, he met up with Carolyn Warmus. They had a couple of cocktails, and then they had sex in the car in the parking lot. And then he goes home, and he finds his wife dead. He finds his wife whacked. So, so Carolyn Warmus had or- already shot and killed. Well, she, then she had sex with him. Right. And then she wow. meets him, has cocktails with him, oh. has sex with him. And then he goes home and he finds Who was on top dead. on that, Mike? I have no idea. Oh, okay. Just check. Just check <laughs> it. So then all of a sudden, Detective Richard Constantino. How do you pronounce that, Mike? Richard? Constantino. I said it right the first time. You did. Don't correct me, Mike. Okay. So then they checked what normally a detective does. You get the cell phone. You start checking phone calls. And then he got one phone call at 3.02 p.m. to a raised sports shop right. in North Plainfield, New Jersey, on her phone. Yep. And all of a sudden, the store keeps records, and it indicated only one female purchased a 25 caliber ammunition that day, and her name was Lisa Katayi from Long Island. This was pretty good detective work that he did here. Yeah. So partly, he questioned Katani, and she denied ever being in the shop or buying ammunition. But further investigation, Mike, determined that her driver's license had been lost or stolen while she was employed at a summer job, Mike. So, And who'd she work that summer job with? Who? Carolyn Warmers. Ah, so now the case is getting hot. They did a nice job, but, you know, I mean, let's face it. You had a corpse-eyed dyslecti. What do they call that thing, Mike? Corpus delecti. One of those things with all these bullet wounds in them, in her smashed head and all that. A so, DOA. Yeah, yeah. so she was definitely DOA. So what happens is she now, they, they start to do the investigation. And this is just funny because, like I said, I was very involved with the detective questioning him and all this. And then basically on February 2nd, she's eventually arrested and charged with second-degree murder. Right. And then as far as Solomon goes, what did he testify to? Well, he testified at the first trial, and uh, he did receive immunity from from the prosecution. Well, let people understand what that means, Mike. Well, he didn't have a chance of going to jail. So in other words, uh, us as detectives with the DA, we go, well, look, uh, we did that with the Palm Sunday Massacre when the guy admitted to selling drugs. Right. We gave him immunity to find out who killed the 10 people. Right. So that's a basic tool it's that a we use. It's a yeah. trade-off. So go so, ahead. So in return for his testimony, he said he met Warmus in uh, 1987 while they were teaching as elementary school teachers in Greenberg, and they soon became sexually involved with each other. And then some time went on, and he wanted to end the relationship. And he said something like, you know, we're not going to be able to see each other after the summer. And she was upset, and she cried. That's a lot. You know what, Mike? That's a lesson to any of our listeners out there. Any of the guys, you think you're going to dip your wicker without any kind of problems. You know what the problem is? You people, don't. You don't. People become entangled. They get involved, and they're emotional. And, and basically, you think it's not an emotional involvement. You think it's just like, oh, we're finished, bam, bam, thank you, man. A woman is a little different. They yeah. have more of a sensitivity well, I factor. mean, she felt like, uh, you know, if the relationship is over, life's not worth living. And and he said something to her to the effect, come on, you're being overdramatic, you know, 
Don't worry about so it. So something know. happened during his first trial that came out, and I questioned the detective, Michael. One Vincent Parco. Yep. Vincent Parco, private Vincent Parco, a private investigator who, in my estimation, gave our industry uh, a very, very uh, big black eye. Uh, he was uh, he was not uh, a very ethical well, guy. He was known. He was he known. Re- he was known to put bugs in. Oh yeah. know, Eavesdropping devices. Oh yeah. Anything that you wanted to uh, make a buck. You know, how many times over the years were we asked, you and I, by very wealthy clients, could you plant the bug? And we'd say, this meeting's over. It's a felony to do that. We're not doing it. Even to talk about it is a conspiracy to commit eavesdropping, which is a felony. And we we want want all our people. One thing, we don't want to get in trouble, and we've been in business 38 years. we We have a license. Uh, that that we have to license, maintain. and we also have our freedom, Michael. Right, exactly. Oh, so uh, now, so now, what I learned from the detective, and this, I almost got knocked off. So Vincent Parco, he had a show on TV, Parco PI, yeah, yeah. and he had these actresses, and he was having a relationship with them. Eventually, uh, we'll fast forward, not yet. Eventually, we'll at, towards the end of the show, we'll we'll say what happened to Vincent Parco. Let's not talk about that now. But basically, he sells. And they get this. I tasked the detective. He makes statements. He sold the gun along with a silencer to Carol Warmus. He says that. And he basically says the reason why he sold the the silencer was so she could target practice Practice without anybody hearing it. Without anybody hearing it. Which is total bullshit. Yes. And, and, And basically, I said to the detective. Did you lock her up first? Uh, did you lock him up first before you gave him any kind of immunity? No. They got the immunity first. I think it's ass backwards. Yeah. I would have locked his ass up first with the gun and silence and two felonies. Then use the cooperation, Michael, but have it on him. No. And, it, and it baffles me how after all of this he maintained his license and he continued to do business selling a gun and a silencer to a distraught client. Forget about it. Selling a gun and yeah. a silencer, two felonies. Yeah. So now basically what happens is, you know, he, the Solomon mentioned about that her life isn't worth living without him right. and all that crap. Right. Then she tried to blame it on Solomon. Right. Yeah, you know, was the, the, that was her defense. Right. But and he then, was alibi because the people he was bowling with yeah. during that time, they you know, they held up his a- so alibi. The f- so the first trial, Mike, comes out at a deadlocked jury, 8-4, right. to four, right. in favor of conviction, which means that they, yeah. were, they knew that she did it. And, uh, you know, you get they some— They just couldn't get everybody. Did I ever tell you, Michael, with the Palm Sunday massacre? The Palm Sunday massacre, they convicted this guy to kill 10 people of manslaughter because he didn't know what he was doing because he was high on cocaine. So if you want to kill somebody, Michael, yeah. take a couple of hits of cocaine <laughs> and say you don't know what you're doing. Just a little yeah. side shot there. Yeah. Okay, so now the same judge, John Kerry, who he presided over both uh, uh, trials, uh, uh, the, the jury deliberated for six days. This is on the second trial? Second trial in, yep. in, in 1992 in January. And they convicted guilty second-degree murder. And what did they sentence to? 25 to life for the murder and the max uh, sentence of 5 to 15 years 
on uh, on the weapons count. Being that, being that to be no, served concurrently. Yeah. So being that you're you're more the the voice of reason here because I'm out of reason. <laughs> uh, I get very emotional with these things. I want you to just read from verbatim what she what the Carol Woman said at her sentencing, Mike. Well, she said, I can only ask leniency because I'm innocent. If I'm guilty of anything at all, it was simply being foolish enough to believe the lies and promises that Paul Solomon made to me. So she was, there was no contrition there. Sorry for and at least taking the judge stuck, this stuck poor up. woman's life. This was, a great, this was a great judge, Judge Carey. He stood up and he said, our communities cannot tolerate any such merciless slaughter. God yep. bless him there. Yeah. And uh, and she was incarcerated to the famous Bedford Hill Correction Facility yeah, for women. For women. Yeah. yeah. So, and she was not a model prisoner while she was there. Mm-hmm. She had a lot of what kind uh, of stuff? Violations that some of them were were rather serious, but ultimately she was uh, recently paroled. But she also made allegations. She was raped there. Oh, yeah. She was she doing was... sexual favors for privileges. She's a, she's... And a correction officer got in trouble for her. Yeah, a and, psychotic you know, narcissist. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, it was just funny. Uh, uh, later developments on this case, she was eventually let out on the day of the sentencing. William Arlenwald, I know him. Yeah, Bill yeah, Arlenwald. Bill Arlenwald. Yeah, good lawyer. Good lawyer. He announced a reward of two hundred and fifty thousand from her family. Any information to leading to the arrest of the person <laughs> responsible for Betty Jean's murder. Betty Jean's sister, uh, Joyce Green, denounced the reward offer as bogus and said the evidence against. Warmest was strong. She killed her. What the hell is the story? <laughs> now she's offering rewards. How how nonsensical. Because her family had a lot of potatoes. A lot yeah. of money, Mike. A lot yeah. of money. That's uh, why they were able to afford Aaron Wolf to begin with. Yeah. Okay, so now the first trial, the Scarsdale School Board... Well, you know, she, even though she was not convicted, uh, they had a big deal about removing Solomon as a teacher as he testified to having... Multiple extramarital affairs. Right. Today they would get a friggin' award <laughs> if you're banging somebody and you're a teacher. You get a you get a citation. Well, he or was basically put in one of those rubber rooms. Yeah. I don't know if they call it that up in Westchester, but yeah. in New York City, it's a rubber room where the the teacher just sits there. And he's not assigned well, to any teaching. We we had hundreds. Duties. Of felons yep. who are teachers who are in these rubber rooms and they're able to get their pension and get their salary. And this is friggin' ridiculous and it's happening in our own school system right now. Okay, yep. so on that one, you know what the other thing was? Warmest was she was arguing about her legal fees. She was saying the lawyer didn't do a good job. Let's face it, we call these things ground balls, right, yep. Michael? Yep. On this yep. homicide, it was a yep. ground ball. But now, fast forward. Fast forward, what we what we have was the idea of our friend. We're going to go Vincent back. Parker. You got <laughs> you got private investigators, and then you got private investigators. One thing, Mike, we've been in business 30, 38 years. Thirty eight years. There's a reason we've been targeted by U.S. attorneys. We've been targeted by everybody, and if we don't cross our T, dot our I's, and keep everything under the law. We wouldn't be in business 38 years. But let's go back to our friend Vincent Parco. So ultimately, they caught up with Vincent Parco because the way he does business and with all the criminality, he's he's just, he doesn't play by the rules that we are obliged to play by. So he gets a case yeah. from, uh, from a family. Orthodox Jewish guy, right? Yeah. 
uh, out in Brooklyn. Yeah. And they say, uh, listen, uh, I'm uh, I'm indicted for uh, molesting this little child. So we want to get some leverage over the On victim's the family. And On the witnesses. witnesses. Yeah. So they lure a family member of the little girl. Well, hold on now. What, what he's saying now, let's follow you, Michael. Let's let the audience follow this. So what they do is they lure the family member into a hotel room. They park a highest hook. A uh, prostitute. They give yep. him a little uh, a little. Yeah. Uh, and But action. before before he lures the guy there, he sets up the room with cameras and listening devices. All felonies. And, and the guy has sex with the prostitute. One problem. What was the problem, Michael? They screwed up the setting up of the camera and the listening devices, and they didn't work. So the camera wasn't watching the action. Right. The camera might have been watching the TV, so they had to redo it, right, Mike? They lured him back there. Same chick? Same chick? Yes. She must have been good, Mike. they sweetened the pot. What was They the pot? put a second prostitute with her. So he a two-on-one? A, a twofer. A two-on-one. Yep. So Paco set up this illegal time, cameras. This time his camera works. And now they got two cameras, but he had two-for-one. He had a two-on-one fast break. <laughs> so now the guy who was lured into this trap, this family member who's going to testify. And these are religious Jewish people, yep. Michael. Yep. They send a guy to approach him, and they say, listen, if you don't want trouble, and they show a still photograph of him in full action with the two women. And just tell your family to back off. So you have extortion, threats, all this crap. And the guy at least had balls, and he went to the district attorney's office and said, I'm being extorted. Extorted, This is what I did. And they have evidence against me, but we still want to prosecute. So now Paco is in the jackpot, and uh, he uh, he was sentenced after trial to one to three years. Does for, he still have his private investigating license, Michael? I don't believe he does. I I'm not sure if he does. Unless or he not. gave up somebody, you know, yeah. he probably. Uh, but uh, but he he was put in prison for three years for unlawful surveillance and promoting prostitution as part of a scheme to keep a victim of uh, a child uh, child sexual assaults from testifying against uh, her. Yeah. You know what case reminds me a little bit about this, Mike? So back, of, back in the 90s, again, we had a case also, and everyone is like similar to f- fatal attraction becomes the buzzword. Fatal attraction, that yep. means you're, you're bangitating some side order, you're married yeah. or whatever, yeah. and then the one that jumps up to me is my friend there. They look like Vinnie Pepitone. Botafuco. Oh, Joey Botafuco. His wife married Joe and Amy Fisher. So he carries on a fear. What was she, 15 years old, Amy? She was very young. She was under the age of consent. consent. So my man, Joey Botafuco, looked like Vinnie Pepito. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he was bangitating this little girl in a a hotel room. Out in Nassau County. And then all of a sudden... She, quote, fell in love with him, too. Here we go. Same thing. Same thing. And then next thing is happens is she goes, gets a gun, 
And she was poor. Uh, Mary Jo. Mary Jo got right in the face. Yeah, right in the face. She pops a cap right in the face. And poor Mary Jo's talking like this, then, like from the side of my mouth. She's lucky to be alive. She's very lucky to be alive. And then all of a sudden, Amy, Amy, I got to laugh. Amy Fisher goes on, this little innocent little girl. And then all of a sudden, she starts making porno Well, she did uh, substantial time. Did she do Stern on the show? I think there was something about that. Was she offered to do Stern on his show? It wouldn't surprise me. Well, Joey was on the show. I think she was well, on the show. He, he was a megalomaniac, you know. He never met a camera or a microphone he didn't love. And I heard the, I heard the collision company there, the, some of the work wasn't that, that great, right, Michael? <laughs> I don't know. Did you bring any of your cars over there? No, I would not. <laughs> okay. So then poor uh, Botafogo there. But then he became then he became a uh, celebrity. Yeah. And uh, she became a celebrity. You have... A celebrities? Well, he, I would say he was a C or a D celebrity. <laughs> and then I'll never forget we did the Channel 2 movie, uh, uh, Whispers in the Dark, I think it was called. And what do you think I played? I played the Catholic priest. So I'm up there. This is in a mass thing, Mike. And I'm playing the Catholic priest, and they had these candles. I go to the director. It looks like it's a friggin' seance going on. I never seen so many candles. Hundreds and hundreds of candles. And we did the story. There was, I think there was probably... Eight to ten movies made about the Botafogo oh, thing. Oh, yeah. But the bottom line is, for all our listeners out there, you've got to remember one thing. When you go on that cheating side of town, and believe me, Michael knows all about this. I, I, I read about all this stuff. But when you go on the cheating side of town, you don't know who you're dealing with. You might just think it's just a quick encounter. But men have to realize, you know, you finish up, you think it's over, you move on, you tag off. But the female you're with, remember, the Black Widow Spider. What do they do, Mike, the Black Widow Spiders? They kill their mates. And so basically, <laughs> if you think you're going to go out there and cheat, and you think it's not going to have any kind of residual ramifications, you're wrong. So remember, always remember one thing. Everything you do can have a ramification. Consequences. So you know what you should get into? Watch a lot of porn, stay home, and have a good cocktail, and be true to your family, your loved one. If you got a loved one, be true to them, and just move on. And I really want to thank everybody's listening. And again, Mike and I, we've been in business 38 years. If there's any of these cases that you could think about that you really want to investigate, we'll do it. One thing about it. You will not get in any trouble because we will not let you or anybody do anything that will get us in trouble or you. We will tell you how we will obtain legally the information, and we we welcome everybody to listen to our podcast. I heard we had like 30,000, 40,000 downloads last podcast, Mike. Terrific. So we're doing great, and thank everybody for listening. Until next week, next week, Mike. I think we should talk about some of the big celebrity cases that we had. Yeah. What they were really all public happened. information. Now. Yeah. Well, thank you, everybody. Michael, we'll see you next week. Thank you, everybody. Tune in to ABC One Tough Podcast and ABC's Bo Deedle's True Crime Stories. Thank you. When you need 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.